Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. I should like to race. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit on the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! (laughs) The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high-quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook, and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. Thank you for joining us on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's very finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the CEP Equine Studios in downtown Ocala, the horse capital of the world. Got a great lineup of show guests for you today. Going to start off with chatting a bit about hits, and then I'm going to tell you about the lineup. And we've got a few other mentions and some news for you, too. We were at the hits. Half a million, Great American Grand Prix this weekend. What a great turnout of spectators and a wonderful crowd in the VIP tent as well this weekend. Congratulations to Daniel Coyle of Ireland, who uh, had a beautiful finish there against some of the top riders actually in the world. Um, the, the final three were Daniel Coyle, followed by Kristen Vanderveen, and then, of course, uh, our friend Rowan Willis, who's been on the show himself. It was kind of neat to see Daniel Coyle go up against his brother, Jordan Coyle, the two Irishmen. Um, It was pretty neat. Uh, And he was actually on Ariel Grange's legacy, his horse. Uh, He had a big advantage today. He was third in the jump off. His brother had a good round. So there's definitely some sibling rivalry going on there. Um, he, He really had a lot of pressure on him to go fast as he could, and it paid off. And um, really, just in, it was an incredible event overall just to, um, to really see the best of the best out here um, riding at the HITS Post Time Farm. So that closes out the HITS season um, for this year. Uh, but we always love this, um, this Great American Grand, Grand Prix. It's always, a, it's always a wonderful event for the Ocala area. That's a um, wind picture there. I heard a comment about his Irish red hair and shining in the sun, and it certainly was. Uh, and the sun certainly uh, shone on horse shows in the sun uh, the, for the Sunday event. And there he is on, um, on Legacy after a uh, great victorious jump off round. And uh, horse looks like it's ready to go again. Doesn't look tired at all. Uh, the jumps were uh, just tremendous size. I'm usually up in the tent but got down there on ground level and was just looking at them. And there's actually a piranha jump um, photo somewhere here that... Shows you just how enormous these jumps really are. But seeing these horses compete at this level is just incredible. And to see some of the top riders, you know, riding two, three, and four horses. I think Rowan Willis had four horses altogether in it. And, you know, I was kind of thinking about the comparison of, yes, if you have four horses, you've got more tries at it to get used to the course. But uh, also on that kind of on the other end of that is, you know, you've got your focuses on four and you've kind of got to think how each horse is maybe different 
um, and a different strategy with each horse. So you're also spread thinner. So there's kind of two sides to that. I think Daniel Cord rode two, um, and Rowan had four. So, you know, there's kind of two sides to that coin, but there's Kristen. And um, it just, uh, you know, it's interesting how you have to just, you have to keep the adrenaline going, you know, to ride four horses in a, in a competition like this. So it's, um, it's certainly incredible to see the best of the best from around the world. Andre Tima, uh, usually in the top three or four, uh, wasn't this year, surprisingly enough. So we see Andre consistently being a, um, a top rider. And um, obviously he still is, but, you know, it's all about the day. You have the day and maybe you win, maybe you don't. But, um, but there they are with the course designer. And she's been the course designer, I think, for the, um, for the Grand Prix at the end of hits for quite a few years. I've met her a few times before. Seems to do a really good job. Um, so the top three there. And, um, yep, there's the piranha jump. Uh, you know, got had to find it and say, wow, look at that. You know, uh, this incredible piranha, of course, big um, sponsor of the Equine Initiative at the Chamber and also sponsor of, of our show. Great partnership with, um, with Tom and Ben from Piranha. So that's how big that jump is. So if that doesn't tell you something, I'm five foot six. So. Um, these are these are big jumps and uh, really just incredible course, amazing competition. And thank you to Hits for being loyal to us in 40, 40 years now here in um, in Ocala, Marion County. And it's just uh, it's a great event. It's a great season of jumping and um, wonderful. So uh, moving on to announcement, we've been announcing each week that May eighth superhero five k run for Rovera. The Rovera family are facing some. Um, health situation and financial concerns, $25 for a participant. Groups are welcome, 9 a.m. to 12 noon on May the 8th at the Florida Horse Park on 475, Highway 475. You can support from a distance if you can't participate. Um, you definitely can um, be involved and you can donate. Um, and there's a one-mile option as well um, on this. So um, all the proceeds from this will go directly to the Rovera family. So if you can help support them, I think that's phenomenal. May 8th, don't forget. Announcement, the last few weeks we have been regularly sharing on social media as well as sharing on the show that our dear sweetheart, who is one of the Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy horses visiting 25,000 sick and dying children and adults a year, made it out of 14 or 15,000 entrants into the contest to be the Cadbury Bunny this year. They made it down into the top 10 and actually made it to number two behind Annie Rose. And very excited to announce that they actually came second overall in the entire United States of America, not placing them in the position of being the Cadbury Bunny, but so very close. So congratulations to Gentle Carousel Mincher Therapy Horses. We hope they try again next year because I think one of the miniature therapy horses would be very appropriate for the Cadbury Bunny. Happy birthday! Some people know him as Ian Lampert. Myself, I just call him Captain Jack for obvious reasons. He runs the board for the show, does a fine job. He's a great friend of ours and I've known him for quite a few years and he's certainly an asset and a great friend and a wonderful good-hearted chap. So happy birthday, Ian. I'm not going to sing to you because everybody would switch us off if I did. <laughs> and Gigi brought him cake in today too, so that's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> uh, so the show lineup. 
that's quite uh, quite a nice one. We've got Dr. Kayok coming up next after this, and he's going to be chatting a little bit about heaves, certainly something that we have to start being a little bit concerned about at this time of year uh, as we're heading into the warmer warmer season. Um, so we'll have Dr. Kayot, and then we have U.S. EAF President Tom O'Mara for a couple of segments with us. That was a winnie, yes. Uh, we actually have a young lady who's originally from the Ukraine. She's a doctor here, and she's going to talk a little bit about the plight of a certain town that she's from in Ukraine and how we can help. And Maria Lacasa is here, and she is going to give us a wonderful chat on being both human and equine massage therapist and how that works together to make you and your horse the perfect team. We'll be back in just a few minutes with Dr. Adam Kayot. Stay with us on The Horse Talk Show. show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. With over 70 years of collective experience in the horse industry, Lip Chip was built with integrity by horsemen for horsemen. Introducing the Chip Link System. 
Powered by Lipchip, where a 15-digit unique ID becomes a key to unlock not only identity, but also health paperwork, owner information, and even photos of each horse. So simple, even a child can do it. The future is here. The future is Lipchip. Enhance your horse's performance, fitness, strength, and rehabilitation with state-of-the-art equipment. ETI treadmills offer the finest European engineering, the highest quality filtration, and no chemicals are required. Follow Equine Therapy International on social media or at equinetherapyint.com. Equine Therapy International provides technologically advanced therapy for horses worldwide. Hey, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show and Equus Television here at Peterson Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care in Ocala, Marion County, Florida, the horse capital of the world. And I forgot what we're talking about. Just kidding. <laughs> That's a funny joke there too. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Adam Chaot about uh, the heaves and non-sweater issues, which quite often come together, uh, one from the other, right? Um, and of course, in the summertime, we definitely see a lot more of that. Um, tell us a little bit about non-sweaters and heavers. Okay, well, let's start with anhydrosis or non-sweaters. Um, <laughs> we don't know why that. I don't have that problem. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, we don't know why that happens um, to horses. It, uh, we do see it a lot down here. Well, a lot. You know, it's not uncommon to see it down here, especially um, during the warm times of the year for whatever reason. That's, I think that's rather interesting because a lot of times these horses that become non-sweaters, um, if they go back up to a northern climate, they start sweating again. Whether that has anything to do with it or just coincidence, I don't know. But certainly, it can happen at any age. Um, certainly, horses that are older um, might be cushionoid, tend to be more prone to that sort of thing. But it can happen in any horse, and and it, it's kind of interesting to um, to see that a lot of times horses that were prolific sweaters or sweat a lot end up being the ones that automatic you know that it gets turned off all of a sudden. So um, <clears throat> you don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know where it's going to happen, but um, it certainly can happen. And, and I and, and like I said, it's it's not uncommon for it to occur in the ones that tend to be, like I said, prolific sweaters. So just so because it can be one extreme oh, to the absolutely. other. And and there's there's no good treatment or you know there's no good product out there to make them become you know start sweating again i've had the best luck with actually giving them beer mm. and people always <laughs> laugh at that um but horses love it horses barley love it. hops barley you know hops. why not exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter and it doesn't have to be expensive either so um i will have i will have owners do that there's other other products out there like one ac and um a side effect of ventipulmon uh, is sweating um, so those are those are possible treatments. Um, 
Sometimes horses will start sweating again and never have a reoccurrence. Sometimes uh, it'll go both ways. And sometimes they never start really sweating again. And, and those obviously you have to be careful of, especially down here. Um, you need to be aware of how hot it is when you're riding them and, and just be aware of your horse as you're riding them. If their neck is not sweaty and it usually is, then you need to be, that needs to pop into your mind like, oh my gosh, um, maybe, maybe, maybe she's become a non-sweater. Um, <clears throat> very important if you see that and the horse has been working to try to get them cooled off, cold water between their hind legs, the pole area, any, any of those areas will, will help cool them down quickly because they can, um, they can have heat stroke and, and, and that cannot be, um, a, a good outcome. So be aware of that, be aware of your horse. Uh, even if you notice, well, he, the only spot he really sweat was underneath the saddle pad or underneath his mane. Um, those are all indications of anhydrosis and, and, um, it should be, you know, noticed and, 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 and tried to dealt with. Now, when does non-sweating turn into the heaves? And are, is that a, off, is heaves often a result of non-sweating? They're really not connected. Um, so heaves is basically just um, COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Um, <clears throat> one doesn't necessarily cause the other. Um, it obviously uh, non-sweater things can be exacerbated if the horse has heaves because they're already having a hard enough time breathing that that's a way that they dissipate heat. Okay, a lot of times horses that that um, are, are non-sweaters will will um, hyper respiratory you know have have hyper respirations or, or increased like respiratory dog panting like a panting yeah and then that's the that's the body's natural response to trying to dissipate heat. So you may notice that more, especially in a horse that has heaves, but heaves is basically asthma in the horse. And, and um, it, it's called heaves because they actually, you see them actually physically heave or they're, they're having to actively push the air out of their lungs because over time, um, scarring and, and chronic change has happened in the lungs to cause a, a, a decreased airflow in the lungs. And, um, you can have, I mean, there are many asthmatics out there that, that know how this feels. It feels like you're breathing through a straw and, and you, you know, you, you try to, you try to deal with it with medications, controlling your environment and, and all these things that, that will help with that. Um, so certainly if you have a horse that's TV and they become anhydrotic, that's a big problem because they have worse, you know, a, 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 a greater inability to, to physically dissipate heat. So if you have that together, you need to be extra cautious, but one doesn't necessarily cause the other. We did have a horse that had both and it was, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and he was older, so it was a challenge. Yeah, it can be definitely a challenge, um, <clears throat> but you know, heaves is, heaves is a, is a problem. And then certainly I see it a lot down here. It tends to rear its ugly head in the summer when we have much more, um, irritants in the air more pollen more molds more fungus more you know stuff and dust in the air down here that over time has has chronically changed this horse's lung field and, and breathing field and then at, at some point you'll notice that he's breathing a lot harder than he usually does so. and what is the best treatment for that and do you prefer to see a horse out in a field that has that problem and out of kind of the dust and the hay and the bedding and all of that sort of yeah. thing yeah um <laughs> it yeah typically down here they actually do do better outside um 
because uh, you get more dust and stuff inside. Um, it just depends, though, typically, you know. Uh, um, because if a horse is out and gets hotter, then right. might be more of a problem yeah. than with the fan, exactly. but the fan could be blowing yeah. dust and pollen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it's hard. It's hard down here. Um, it's hard to control the environment of the horse, period. You can't necessarily take them in your house, though some people do, um, in the air conditioning and that sort of thing. But um, the way I try to control it is with steroid and bronchodilators, steroid to decrease the inflammation that's there. Bronchodilators, they actually relax the muscles around the bron bronchial tree so that the bronchial uh, bronchi are able to expand and you're able to get more um, more air in and that can be a relief obviously so that's the way I try to to treat it and it's a you know it's a long going thing as long as that horse is alive you'll have to deal with this typically unless unless you get them out of the environment that's causing it <coughs> excuse me um, so a lot of times these horses will do better in northern climates <clears throat> just because whatever here is is irritating them is more prevalent in the uh you know in the air so um i try to if possible i'll i'll say hey send them north if you can um otherwise most of the time in the summer you end up starting to treat them a lot of times during the winter cold cold times of the year they don't have to be treated and we'll stop and and that and that's nice but uh it can be a real problem do any get so far gone that they need breathing treatments and things like that? Certainly, yeah. There, there are aerosol treatments out there, the aero mask and that sort of thing, where they actually take inhalers and, and put those in there. <clears throat> those, uh, those work. They're, they're, um, they work okay, I think. Um, they're expensive because it's a, it ends up being a human product that are meant to give to humans on one puff and you got to give a bunch of puffs. <laughs> so you, you go, you go through the, you know, you go through the medication, right. uh, re rather rapidly. Um, but, uh, you know, that is out there. Wonderful. Dr. Adam Kayot here at Peterson Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care, Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show and Equus Television. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care, and Larson Hay, our broadcast and television sponsor, plus supporting sponsors, DAC Vitamins and Minerals, Seminole Feed Stores, Piranha, TT Distributors, and the Hilton Garden Inn, downtown Louisville. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com.
Back on the second segment of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton. have an extreme honor to have a friend of mine in the studio that I am awed by and impressed by on a regular basis, and that is the USEF President Tom O'Mara. Tom, it's lovely to have you here with us. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to come and chat. Tell us a little bit about your background, so growing up, and so we know just a little bit about you. Sure. So I grew up uh, in a town up in New Jersey called Colts Neck. Colts Neck. <laughs> yes. How appropriate. Exactly. <laughs> so it was not the horse capital of the world, but there were a lot of horses, and there's <clears throat> a lot of thoroughbreds and standard breads because <clears throat> in that area up in New Jersey, there was uh, many uh, racetracks, and uh, we, we, I grew up very close to Mama Park. Um, and there was... Uh, I love prior, Monmouth. It's yeah, got a lot of history. Yeah, it really does. And um, so so it was pretty prominent around that area. But um, I ended up, I have two brothers, and we ended up playing every type of sport there was. And the three of us became really kind of ice hockey players when we were young. Really? Um, I yeah. played mud hockey. So, <clears throat> <laughs> so we ended up, um, from time to time, though, since it was kind of a rural area that we lived in, uh, and I've told this story a couple of times, but... Um, to get to field a squad uh, on, in our neighborhood to play either baseball or football, uh, you know, there weren't enough boys. So we had all the girls come out and play also, which was great. Um, and they didn't necessarily always want to because some of the guys might have been a little rough on the football. It wasn't touch. It was tackle. And um, but the girls said, we'll do it as long as you come with us horseback riding. So we, it was kind of funny. <laughs> so. Later on, after school, you, you mm-hmm. did a lot of like banking and, and in, right. investment work and all that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. that's kind of a, a, a little bit of a jump to, to what you do now. But you were also a horse show dad, very involved horse show dad. That's right. um, and your wife also, um, Liz, a rider. So you've kind of been thrown into the horses regardless, right? Yes. All, all your life, pretty much. It, it really was my wife's doing. Um, when we got married, she, Good. she loved horses. <laughs> we talked about it. We went to the track. We went on horse riding vacations. We went to dude ranches. And we went took lessons out in Colts Neck with, um, who's that great female jockey who was right from there? She was one of the first. Um, I, I, it'll, it'll hit me once I stop thinking about it. Um, That's how it works with me, too. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> she didn't give the lessons, but she was always training there. So I would go over and watch because I always wanted Julie Crone. That's it, yeah, Julie Crone. Yeah. yeah, see, if you hadn't said it, I'd have hit there. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow, Julie Crone rides here, too. Um, so my wife did uh, riding. We had the babies with us, and then I would be watching them, and uh, she would go riding. But, um, but once the kids got a little bit older, she started, she introduced them to horses. And, you know, we had them do all sports. We exposed them to as many sports as possible, but it was always uh, going to a barn and seeing a pony or a horse uh, was the most exciting to them. So we got involved in it really through through her, my wife introducing the whole family to them. Wonderful. So then from being a concerned and caring horse show dad, obviously you saw some things maybe you wanted to change or, or do better or do differently. Yeah. And so you served actually on the USCF board mm-hmm. and were treasurer. Mm-hmm. And then 2021 moved into the position of USCF president. That's right. Talk a little bit to us about kind of what that means to you, why it was important to you and kind of the first little stages of that for you. It, it really came about uh, still from my kids, their involvement as they were uh, in riding. They all rode as junior riders, as you mentioned. 
and uh, our, our family got very involved. And we were on the road together 35 weekends a year, all up and down the East Coast. And so we were fortunate we were able to do it. Uh, and we all knew that, um, but we all did it together, and that was really the great part of it. My wife always says we can't take it with us, so um, we had a couple of horses, and, and it was great. As they got a little bit older, I kept thinking to myself, as they were approaching college age, what are they going to do when they, well, we sat down and we looked at the first college application, you have to say what you do, what are your other interests? <laughs> and if you just ride, you know, I like horses, it doesn't really wow a lot of college uh, uh, admissions officers. So. Um, I knew there was, anyway, we all know the dedication that it takes to compete at the high level of the sport, but not every college admissions office is. So we had to tell a story about it. And what I learned was I explored uh, in, in, in college, there are seven different organizations um, that are available for uh, men and women uh, across the country to participate and continue to ride while they're in college. And, um, and that's when we learned about that. So two of my daughters ended up riding uh, on an NCAA team and got scholarships to go to college and the whole nine wonderful. yards. And uh, so, so it was really my involvement in exploring collegiate. And I felt that our national governing body and the big associations in the Western side, AQHA, NRHA, uh, they needed to really support this whole collegiate step. And I sat down, I called up the leaders of them all, and I said, I'm just a horse show dad. Um, horse show dad, and, there you go. And, and I said, but I'd love to sit down and talk to you. I think we're missing the boat on all this, uh, all, the, all this collegiate writing that's going on. And um, they, took, they, they took my calls, and I sat down and had messages. So they all said, we're in. And they all were, but they didn't realize how big and how important I think it was. So it was about a month after I had a sit down with the, pre the then president and CEO of the USEF, I was at a horse show at the Kentucky Horse Park with my son, and that's when I managed to get a meeting with the two of them, which was supposed to be 45 minutes, and um, it went on for a couple of hours, and we walked around the whole next day and kept talking about different ideas. And about a month or so later, I was nominated for the independent director seat of the USEF. So really, that's what got me involved, and I called up, and I said, what, what happened? They said, we're missing the boat on college uh, equestrian, collegiate, and you know a lot about it. Uh, for all the different organizations that are doing it. So that's what got me involved there. I sat and watched for my first year on the board. There was a lot of really influential people on that board, uh, Olympians and people who run a lot of the different breed associations. And I kept thinking to myself, um, how can I help? And then some issues came up that were kind of more in my background, which is financial services. Mm -hmm. And there was some accounting things that we wanted to look at. And maybe we did a divestiture of the lab. The, the drug testing lab uh, to the University of Kentucky from the USCF, and I got involved with analyzing that with some other board members. And I think the board liked the way I was looking at things from a business perspective. And um, and and when the then president Murray Kessler uh, was going out of retirement because he was very good at turning around companies, someone tapped him on the shoulder and said, "Will you come back and turn around this company?" And he said, "I will." Um, and he couldn't be the president any longer. It became too, too taxing for him. So the board uh, asked, put me up and nominated to be president. And so here I am. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So kind of what, what, when you look at your next five to ten years, mm -hmm. what do you kind of see that you're looking to accomplish? One of the things that I think has been a bit restricting from time to time uh, in all the large breed organizations, and, and, and in particular with the United States Equestrian Federation, the USEF, is um, for many, many years, they were managed by, and some of them still are, by horse show operators and trainers. And to me, I always say to people, it was very inward looking. 
we they came up with products and they serviced all the people who were members of those organizations. But there was very little outreach beyond people who were dedicated horse enthusiasts so already. Sport, right. So it fell right into, I mean, I am a college sports fanatic, a fan uh, of all sports, men and women's. I watch them all. We have uh, the Final Four going on, March Madness, really fun time of the year uh, for a lot of people and myself included. So I kept thinking about this sport that my family was involved with. And I think it's a phenomenal sport. You can see how disciplined the kids are and, and, and how exciting and they're outside. And, um, and, and it's really uh, a, a great thing to be involved with. But I kept thinking, we all know the story about horses. You have a talk show talking about horses right. with people from all the different venues. Right. But we've got to get that out to everybody. Right. Uh, to more people. And uh, so that's what we're working on. That's really one of our primary goals is to broaden the umbrella, have more people under the umbrella who are interested in horses. And they don't have to ride horses. They don't have to look like me. I want diversity and inclusion. I want all yes. people who are interested in there's Grow the really fan base. Yeah. Grow the fan base. Yes, exactly. that's wonderful. That noise was a sign that it's time to go to break. <laughs> but I still have a question about soybean, hay, and maple syrup. So we'll do those when we come back if you stay with us. Then we're going to chat a little bit about an amazing event coming up um, that Tom's been very much involved in. And we're going to chat a bit about Ukraine as well. So stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. We'll be right back. Current equine microchips can migrate by up to 30%, causing difficulty when scanning. With over 70 years of collective horse industry experience, Lipchip offers a new, more effective method of microchipping, partnering with veterinarians and technology experts to ensure humane and practical microchipping. Lipchip was built by horsemen for horsemen. Nowadays, the performance horse industry is in need of both integrity and transparency. Lipchip is the future of horse microchipping, with cutting-edge technology functional for every discipline. Find Lipchip on social media and for more information, lipchipllc.com. The future is here. The future is Lipchip. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC. It makes a world of difference. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. Debbie and George and the staff at Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horses, one of the largest equine therapy programs in the world, take teams of tiny horses to visit thousands of adults and children inside hospitals and in hospice care. They visit with families, first responders and veterans who have experienced traumatic events. This multiple award-winning 501c3 is celebrating over 25 years of service, bringing hope and peace to the bedsides of many, some who are in the final moments of life. For more information or to donate, go to gentlecarouselminiaturetherapyhorses.com 
like them on social media and help them make a difference that really counts. The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa and our television broadcast sponsor. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Back in the saddle again. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of all right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Back on the second half of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our TV broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Louisa Barton here in the studio with US EF President Tom O'Mara, and we have been talking a little bit about his background, which I think is very interesting. Um, but the question I didn't get to ask you that I've got to ask you is, tell me about hay, soybeans, and maple syrup. So <laughs> You're a guy of many talents. That's right, that's right. I, I, yeah, I don't like sitting idle, um, so that's why I got myself in trouble walking around horse shows following my family. Um, and similarly, uh, you know, my wife and I were in very uh, big believers in having our family exposed to the outdoors. And so we ended up, um, uh, we ended up buying a, a hay farm in upstate New York. Um, and, and honestly, it was great. We learned a lot. I learned how to hay. Um, I was trying to figure out a way to have the best type of hay for uh, thoroughbred racing. Um, and I was working with the Cornell uh, Cooperative on testing the hay and whatnot uh, to make the best short-term burst naturally with hay. And I figured I can't afford the great racehorses that get you to the Kentucky Derby, to the winner's circle. <laughs> and my goal and my hope was to potentially be in that winner's circle because I produced the hay for the winner. It never happened, but I, <laughs> but, but, but I learned a lot along the way. Uh, so we did have uh, hay and we had uh, organic wheat and soybeans. We rotated the fields. And it was a wonderful piece of property because it was huge. It, it was up in the foothills of the Adirondacks. And um, there's a lot of uh, maple trees up there. So we had a maple, uh, we did maple syrup in as well. <laughs> I learned about that as well. So you've done a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell us about the wonderful event coming up at um, World Equestrian Center in April. I'm very excited uh, yeah. to have met with Greg Williams and, and worked with their team, helping to make that, mm -hmm. that go. And I know you have done a lot to promote mm -hmm. that and work with them. No, it's been great. In fact, uh, so my uh, again, at one point I was an advisor, uh, a volunteer advisor to the NCEA, which is the coaches organization. It stands for National Collegiate Equestrian Association. And it is the coaches organization that oversees the day-to-day -day operations of NCAA Equestrian. Um, NCAA Equestrian is an emerging sport for women. And it's all uh, it came about because of Title IX shortfalls uh, for opportunities for women in college, yeah, athletics. 
And uh, in the mid-90s, it's about 25 years ago, so 96, 97, uh, the NCAA created a second category of sport. There's only two categories now, championship and emerging. And they created the emerging sport because they kept saying, why are we having, actually the federal government went to the NCAA and said, why is there a discrepancy in men and women's opportunities in NCAA sports? They said, it's really tough to start women's sports from scratch uh, because the bar was you had to have 50 universities um, to do that. So they created the second category. They got creative and they, they call it emerging sports. You can start an emerging sport with as few as 15, one, five teams. And then you have X amount of years to grow it up to 40 or to 40, not even to 50. And they would then declare you a championship team. The only difference between championship status and emerging status is uh, when you hit championship status, the NCAA pays for the national championship. So, um, so the good news is NCAA equestrian is booming. It's very strong in the United States. It's only in two of the three NCAA divisions right now, Division One and Division Two. Um, we're working on getting it passed, or people are working on getting it passed at Division Three. And uh, and and I was very involved with this before I got into my new role uh, at the USCF. So I'm not involved with it any uh, currently. Uh, but I am a huge advocate for it. Um, the NCEA, as well as four other uh, collegiate equestrian uh, organizations, we have designated them educational partners of the USEF. So we do help them all, uh, and they all are having uh, their national championships are all coming up in the spring. Uh, the very exciting news, though, is uh, of all those uh, organizations for riding in college, only one of them is part of the NCAA. Only one of them are the student-athletes part of the athletics department, uh, 100% of them, some of the other organizations, a few schools do count their uh, very uh, competitive club teams as part of athletics, which is completely legit, but um, they don't compete against the other schools that are going to be uh, uh, vying for this NCEA national championship. So it's NCAA equestrian. The very exciting news is it's coming to Ocala April uh 14th through 17th? Yes, actually, that sounds here. right, I think. Yeah. Uh, the final day is Saturday. Championship Saturday is the day before Easter. Um, so I'll get you guys the link in the schedule. You can put it up on your website. That would be wonderful. Um, it has been held for the last 15 years in Texas, in Waco, Texas. Baylor has been the host university. And uh, obviously with the World Equestrian Center, uh, the, the NCEA had put out some uh, RFPs, requests for proposals, to venues all over the country to see where and when they would move it. And they've been looking at this for about five years. And then when World Equestrian Center came about and was built, they reached out to them and they, they filled out an RFP and uh, they're moving it here for the first time. So I always tell people in Ocala, the exciting part about this is there's really no other NCAA sport that's going to hold their national championship in the horse capital of the world. <laughs> Right. So, so this is big. So we've got it. We landed it. We uh, love that. Um, and, and the city and the county have been supportive of this and are backing it and all the... Yeah, the, the visitors bureaus who visitor reached bureau. out to me to connect. And um, then we yeah. had them at WEC speaking and you came and correct, oh, correct. it was wonderful. So it's really exciting for collegiate uh, equestrian and it's going to be here. And um, yeah, it's Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Yep. The top eight teams in the dual discipline... So let me just explain quickly what NCAA, the format of NCAA equestrian is. There's both Western riding and English riding. And um, there's two events in each side. So in the Western side, there's reining and horsemanship. And on, it's really called the jumping seat side or English side. Um, the jumping seat side is uh, jumping seat over fences. And then there's a flat 
which really, and, and my dressage friends say, don't call it dressage, but it's a modified dressage flat. It's not flat that any of these hunter jumper riders did as junior riders ever. So it's, 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 it's really exciting. So there's 20 points and it's head to head riding. This is really important. This is what makes it a collegiate sport. They take out a horse randomly. So we'll just say reining. There's five rides and they'll take five reining horses and no horse at this championship will be ridden by uh, their own by the teams, but no team will be competing and riding one of their own team horses in this wow. competition. They're riding a, a horse that they may never have ridden before, but they'll bring out a horse and they take a rider from University A and they have to ride that horse. And then the horse gets a break while they go down the list of five horses and they alternate one rider from each school rides it in the first round. Then they bring that horse back and a rider from the other school rides the same horse on the same course in the same allotted time, and whoever gets the higher score gets a point. So it neutralizes universities having a, you know better horses than another university. Right. Um, and really, it's trying to identify who the best rider is on any given day, not who happens to be a great rider and happens to have a great horse as well. So how, um, how awesome is that? Yeah, it's really exciting. It's really it kind of levels the playing field and and gets everybody to have a chance. And I'm telling you, the top. Formerly junior riders in those disciplines, reining, horsemanship, and the jumping seat side from the hunter-jumper world, the top junior riders in America are on these teams. So the top eight schools that do all of that will be competing in a bracket. So it's just like it's March Madness right now. So this is, you know, our version of the, the final four. Uh, it starts out with just the top eight teams come and they'll be bracketed. So number one rides against number eight and it's a knockout. You, you, you have to play the next day. You got to win. Um, so it'll be the quarterfinals on Thursday, semifinals on Friday, and Saturday is championship uh, Saturday, and it'll be very exciting. How fun is that? Yeah, it really is. We have one minute left. I can't believe it flew by. I talk a lot. It's okay. I got a goodie bag from Piranha for you with lots of nice stuff with lip chip and Piranha stuff in it. Really, really fast, and, and Tom Schmitz is going to be upset with me. We might run over on this segment, but tell me just a little bit real quick about Ukraine and what USCF is doing. Now, now to a, a very serious matter, obviously, what's going on there. Um, with uh, the International Federation, the Federation of Equestrian International, the FEI, um, one thing I learned now in my position, I can't use initials because not everyone can follow <laughs> right. all, all these acronyms for all these different organizations. Right. But the FEI and we, uh, the USEF, uh, obviously, we put a ban on uh, Russian and Belarusian uh, athletes from competing internet, uh, you know, in our countries. But there's just such devastation going on for all the people in the Ukraine. And as we all know, as horse people, there's horses there. Um, and it, it, it's hard to say they may not be the first and first issues that people are trying to take care of, but they're going to be. And uh, so the USEF and so many people in the horse world reached out to all the organizations in the horse world. How do we help? How do we help? So we worked with the FEI and we raised, they just told me the other day, in one week we raised over $100,000 that's going to the FEI Solidarity Fund. And I think the total monies coming around the world are getting north of a million euros. Um, and they're working with the Ukraine uh, Equestrian Federation who is in, you know, they're hiding in Poland and the horses they're trying to get across the border right now. People are offering stabling. Hay is being shipped in. It's a it's a crisis crisis situation, obviously for the people, but from our world, really for the horses too. So there's a fund. USEF has that fund. If anyone wants to go online, you can find That's it. Wonderful. And uh, you can make donations. It's five hundred one c three. It's tax deductible, and that's where we are. Tom, 
Wonderful Good job. Yeah, well, yeah. Yes, we're just so happy to have you yeah. as president of USEF. You're doing such a phenomenal job in so many different areas. It's super exciting to just to even be well, part of it. Well, it's a pleasure to be here and get a chance to talk to everybody. Yes, please come back and see us I again. Tom O'Mara, yes, USEF will be back in just a few minutes. We're going to talk a little more Ukraine and some equine and equestrian massage. Stay with us. Thank you to our presenting sponsors of this half of the show, Palm Chevrolet and Larson Hay. Also, thank you to our supporting sponsors, Equine Therapy International, Nirvana Medical Spa, Equine Performance and Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. Nirvana, Ocala's premier medical spa, is leading the way in great skin with all the newest in treatment options, offering prejuvenation for younger clients and rejuvenation for all ages. Nirvana knows you want to look your very best, but we've all seen people with the telltale signs of too much work. We want you to look like you, just better, brighter and younger, with all the newest and best in technology and all in the most beautiful surroundings. Like Nirvana Medical Spa on Facebook and find them on the web at nirvanamedicalspa.com. Become a better, brighter and younger you. Piranha, your trusted leader in insect control for 50 years. The official fly spray for World Equestrian Center. From the strongest water-based equine spray in the blue bottle to the familiar and longtime favorite in the yellow bottle. Wipe and spray, we've got you covered. If you're looking for effective plant-based fly spray, then look for our zero bite in the green bottle. Check us out online at piranhainc.com. That's P-Y-R-A-N-H-A, piranhainc.com, to learn more about Piranha's entire family of products. Piranha, it works. I've been training racehorses for 31 years, and uh, everybody over the industry has always talked about how we need to have integrity in the sport. I listened to everybody for years and years and nobody ever did anything. So one day I just decided, you know, we're gonna do this. It's progressed really well since then. We've been working on it about three years now. And we've gone from, you know, having real, real short reed ranges to over 1,200 feet. And go to big events and where it's taken six to seven hours for horses to come through the gates. Uh, we can do that now to where we can cut it down from you know, nine to 12 minutes per trailer load to less than a minute with no mistakes. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the CEP Equine Studios downtown. A couple of guests in the studio with me. To my left, I'm going to have her pronounce her name, so I don't mess up, Dr. 
Dr. Tatiana Borisiak. That's beautiful. I love that. I would not have done that with that accent, by the way. And I've also got Maria Lacasse. There you go. And she's with Midnight Rose. Can you tell? <laughs> I'm showing off here. Anyway, the next two segments are going to be really fun because the three of us are going to be chatting. And I'm going to start over here and we are going to talk a little bit about Ukraine, which is where you got your beautiful accent. And Tom O'Mara was speaking um, briefly about um, what USEF is doing with horses and with all the concerns there. Obviously a very serious situation. You grew up in Ukraine, your family, your friends. Tell us a little background about you and Ukraine and the part of Ukraine you're from and we'll kind of go on from there about how we can help. So uh, my name is Dr. Tatiana Borisiak and I'm an internal medicine physician who is practicing uh, uh, wellness um, and uh, integrative medicine. I live in South Florida and I'm originally from Ukraine. Uh, so my roots go quite far. I moved to US in 1996, but my heart had always been back with home and I traveled last summer uh, back to Ukraine. Um, I'm from, uh, uh, I was born and raised in picturesque mountain village, uh, town Berkovina, uh, which means highlands. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has very unique population, people called Hutsu. Uh, what are they called? Hutsu. 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 That region, it take, goes back all the way to 4th century. Wow. So, yeah, so it's been uh, very unique because it has a difficult access and uh, is, uh, uh, is in highlands. So people were uh, hiding there from Mongolian invasion. And that region always was called um, uh, region between two between Western Slovak countries and Eastern Slovak countries. So even though it was under the rules of Poland uh, and Austria at one point, uh, it always had been his own unique identity because he was always trying to establish its independence. And uh, uh, only after um, uh, Roman, uh, after, only after uh, Austrian Empire had fallen down in the World War Two, World War One, is uh, Ukraine uh, became uh, was annexed by Russians and incorporated into Soviet Union. Wow! Yes. So a lot of history. Yes, that best in part. And then uh, the we are going to be sharing actually, I think, some video and photos. And um, only in uh, 70 years later, when Ukraine finally gained its independence, it became part of modern Ukraine. I grew up in Soviet Union, so I know how it is to be under Soviet regime. You couldn't say what you wanted to say, you couldn't practice religion, you couldn't you couldn't travel, you couldn't do anything that you like because you were told who to vote for and uh, what to study for. And when I went back home, I saw the hope when I went back last, last summer and I saw that it started to change for better because people started traveling, they could speak their own language, they could attend the church without being persecuted mm -hmm. and uh, my and heart be free. Yeah, yeah and be free. And my heart was filled with hope. I was I was visiting my parents' home and I was thinking how I'm gonna bring my children over there and share my friends and family and on February twenty four everything had changed. Yes. And uh, yes. Russia attacked us and uh, it's it's really sad what's happening in Ukraine. It's devastating. It's beyond devastating. Uh, people have go through immense suffering. Uh, they are uh, their houses lost. There are uh, uh, people lived with small little packs. Sometimes I know personally people who got on the train and they were just told to leave all the bags, and they were just they were just they just left house with nothing but but 
things in hand. That's it. And uh, so the town where I, where I live right now holding a lot of refugees. The population had doubled at this time. And uh, normally it's my about house 6, holds, is that right? yeah, normally it's about 6,000. Uh, my house personally holds, you know, several families, including newborns. And uh, I check on them. I help them as much as I can. And the whole town is, is, is helping them. Of course, we have a regional hospital and that's one of the reasons why I really started this mission, because I wanted to help from my side um, and do my part. I cannot buy weapons. I cannot uh, you know, buy bullets or things like that, but I'm a doctor, so I thought I will help from my own unique way. So I decided to raise this mission to acquire an ambulance truck and gather a package of medical supplies for a regional hospital, because region is quite and if someone gets injured, transportation could be an issue. And uh, I'm reaching out. The reason why I'm here is to reach out to equestrian community of Ocala, to good souls of Ocala, to in hopes that maybe you can adopt Verkovina. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should talk to the mayor of Ocala about adopting. And, uh, this is a farmland. Out. This is a farmland village. This is a place where people have horses and, and large yeah, animals I, a lot I like really us. need to talk about, you know, the Hutzel, the Hutzel people. They, they have very intricate uh, culture. They develop, they um, work wood, the wood, uh, work, uh, wood uh, craftsmanship. Mm -hmm. They even have their own pony, the Carpathian pony. <laughs> <laughs> they are credited for that. Uh, the pony has a short statue and they're very, very uh, high endurance because they pull lumber from the woods, otherwise inaccessible. And uh, they're very, very freedom loving and unique people uh, in, in every way. And, uh, and my heart goes out to them and I really would like to help. Um, I think yeah, it's wonderful that, well, Shelley Howerton Page, who's a dear friend of mine, I consider her like family, reached out to me and said you were her friend. You were from Ukraine, a doctor here who really wanted to help and how this is a farmland place, much like Ocala, as a less population, but a, but a horse place and a, and a large animal place. And I said, you know, I have a heart for what's going on, you know, there and, and Gosh, and, and we have this video, so if you're watching either on social media or on uh, the television, you, you can see it. Obviously, if you're on the radio, you can't, but um, but you can find us, the Horse Talk Show, and we have a video we want to share with you. So, what a gorgeous place. Oh, my gosh, I'm ready to go. It's so beautiful. So how we can help, we've got a text line up here, 954-397-8351. You can text to support um, is that the best way that people can and there's help? A, there's supposed to be a QR code yes, uh, that we, have that we can up. scan yep. mm -hmm. and uh, we'll try to incorporate the link, I guess, to the mm -hmm. uh, website. And uh, we, if in any way that helps, uh, we accept the donations in, in order to acquire uh, and reach our goal, as well as I have many hospitals who are actually collecting donations for us, and I'm planning to go there and deliver it myself. And I'm going to come with me. I'm going to go with her. Uh, and thank you so much for joining us. Please stay for the last segment with Maria, um, and I'll have my two beautiful okay. girls with me for the last segment of the show. So uh, we're going to wrap this one up. Please help if you can. I'd love to see a sister with this town. I think it's um, it's really important. There are people in a very, very dire plight right now in a very beautiful and wonderful place. We'll be right back in the Horse Talk Show in just a few minutes. Stay with us. 
thank you to our presenting sponsors of this half of the show, Palm Chevrolet and Larson Hay. Also, thank you to our supporting sponsors, Equine Therapy International, Nirvana Medical Spa, Equine Performance in Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. Hi, I'm Alan Davies with Equine Therapy International. Today we're at Engineered Equine Performance celebrating the new saltwater chilled treadmill. This particular chilled equine saltwater treadmill is a game changer. As you can see, the finest materials are used, the filtration system, coarse, fine filtration, no chemicals. We use UV, ozone, combination of filtration to keep the highest water chemistry standards. Being a saltwater unit, only the finest stainless steel and materials are used. That's important when it comes to longevity and cost of service over the life of the unit. This unit also has integrated massage jets with fine bubbles and coarse air bubbles for the therapy. The control system on this is Siemens industrial grade, top of the line technology, straight from Germany, but also serviceable here in the US. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage, and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages, and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. On the final segment of the Horse Talk Show for this week, I'm Louisa Barton in the CEP Equine Studios, downtown Ocala in the horse capital of the world. I have a very special guest here. It's actually a doctor here in the Ocala area, originally from Ukraine. We've been talking a little bit about her hometown and how we can help, and we're going to kind of switch things over now, and we're going to talk to Maria Lacasse from Midnight Rose. I'm supporting here. Got my um, my shirt on. She doesn't know yet. She's not getting it back. Um, so in my life, I've had... A few massages, quite a few. I can't count how many, but a few. But I have never in my life had a massage like Maria's massage. And I'm going to tell you that because having most of you know that February 24th of last year was quite a devastating day for me. I was hit by a fleeing suspect about 65 miles an hour, totaled my truck, broke my neck, snapped some um, discs and um, did, some, did some damage and got pinned back together and... Um, have not been back for a massage since then, being a little nervous and concerned because of my, I've had some chiropractic adjustments, Dr. Bruce, very carefully. Been a little bit nervous about doing too much, but Maria took all of that away in the first like five seconds when she said, it might feel like the pressure's release off, but I'm warming up the muscles, so you know, I'll, it'll increase. And I said, whoa, it's amazing. And she was so gentle and kind and so effective that. Uh, I'm I'm just so impressed with her. So Maria, it's an honor to have you here. Hello. The nice thing about her is she's an equestrian, and she doesn't just massage people; she massages horses as well. Tell us a little bit about you, background. 
Um, Grew up around horses? I didn't get a horse until I was 17 when I told my parents that they would keep me away from boys and they're like, done. <laughs> yeah, and so, I got <laughs> so I got a thoroughbred gelding and it was green on green and a very, you know, roller coaster like experience, but I'm very stubborn. And so after that, I started working with a lot of problem horses or a lot of horses that are sensitive and off the track. And then through that, I found that a lot of them have, you know, traumas or physical issues. Most of the time, physical issues or just communication problems with people. And so that kind of evolved into working on people because I can't fix the horses and not also fix people that also <laughs> right. kind of contribute into the partnership. <laughs> and right. so it kind of grew from there. And it was just kind of a natural thing for me because I come from like generations of Samoan healers. And so I was like, oh, so these things that I do, like they just come naturally, which is nice. And the horses are great teachers teaching about touch and sensitivity and just noticing changes in tissue so that people are more open to changes because horses are great because they'll let things go, but people tend to hold on to their, we hang on. To their traumas a little we bit more. They're like, yes, we are going to hang on. Yeah. So when you, let's say you go and evaluate and, and I'm going to have you do, do a massage on a horse and I'm going to be able to record that, but... How, when you kind of look at an equestrian and equine that typically are a team and work together, how do you kind of make them work together better? Are you able to look at them in action, either video live and kind of see some of those? Because I noticed when you did mine, you just kind of came over and I'd been having migraines and you put your hands on my head and almost right away you knew where my aches and pains were before I even had a chance to tell you. Yeah. Do you kind of tune into that with the equine and the equestrian? Yeah. I tune into both and like it is handy watching them move just because I've seen a lot of, you know I, I've taught a lot of lessons to people with confidence issues and you know a lot of that comes from like their postural changes and that you know if you're defeated then your horse is like mm -hmm, great <laughs> so, like, the more confidence i could bring the horse and the rider the better and the more i can help them move and kind of facilitate that you can see like the fascial things that kind of lock them down and you know stop their ability to move and so i kind of work with those things and a lot of it is just listening People will tell you their problems without telling you, and so horses, based on their posture or how they move right. or how they interact with you or the relationship to touch. So it's amazing. So is this something that you wanted to do all your life? You're an equestrian yourself. You do dressage, which certainly helps you understand the horse better. Dressage yep. is the wonderful basis for so much. Right. Um, so tell us a little bit how that kind of... So my dreams were always Grand Prix dressage, and... That comes with like the whole plethora of keeping your horse sound the entire time or, you know, um, just the performance aspect of it. And so if you train horses, there's always this whole like feast or famine type thing where it's like, yeah, your horses can be doing great. And then somebody can go lame and then you could lose the income from that. So like the massage portion came as like the smart way to like continue helping people, but also make money to kind of help those dreams come true and help inspire others. Because in my mind, like, dressage is the most like measurable sport yes and so I'm a perfectionist and I like to learn and I like to gauge how things change and so I was like yep dressage is for me so reactions from horses um when you begin to work on them especially if they haven't been worked on before what sort of things do you see do you see them kind of slobbering and chewing and relaxing and dropping their head and getting kind of comfortable. Yeah, a lot of times they'll start a little bit guarded just because they don't know what you're doing. But I always love the massage, you know, you get the good aspect instead of 
you're the trainer and you have to fix the problems and the horse is like, oh God, she's coming back. But now it's like, oh, <laughs> she's coming back to me. And so it's this is a good thing. Right. And it's interesting to see how they like to release. Some horses will release, you know, trauma and sadness and slobber grief. And yes, like they'll slobber and drool. <laughs> slobber and drool like me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just like very subtle blinks, like if you just notice where the tissue is like locked up or where they actually get a reaction, then you can find those release points that help them release the things and, you know, move to their fullest potential. Amazing. So they can come to you at your farm or your mobile? Yep. Wonderful. And then like hits, you can come out with a chair. Do yep. chair massage? I've done chair massage for events and stuff like that. You know, if you have barn parties that, you know, all the girls just want to relax, I'm happy to come out and see y'all or come and evaluate your horses see where you know come people can communicate consultation. better yeah and then um website social media to find you yeah uh, i have a website it's www.midnightrosellc.com i'm also on facebook tiktok all that jazz Look i like to that. have fun Night yeah that's me like that. right and so people can reach out they can make an appointment you'll come and do a consultation yeah Take a look at you, them, the horse, right. put them together, kind of figure out what the problem is yeah. and be able to work on both. Yeah. And it's all about comfort. If you're more comfortable at your farm or if you need body work and you're more comfortable, it's all about like the more safe you can create the environment, the more the body will actually open up and like let you heal things. That's true. And for me, it's more relaxing to get away from everything. So I'd rather come to you. But for some people who maybe don't have ooh, this, um, Gigi, you know what I'm missing is the um, the bags. <laughs> I'm missing the bags. I got to do the bags. <laughs> um, Maria, I got to tell you that when you first reached out to me and, and said, you know, I really I heard about your accident. I really want to, um, you know, take care of you. I thought, oh, my gosh, that's absolutely amazing. People don't do that for me all the time. I don't know if I have these the right way around, but I've got goodie bags for you. I've got some lip chip caps, and I've got lip chip shirts, and I've got some horse products in here. I've got some piranha spray, zero bite, in your piranha bags. So goodie bags for you guys. Um, Thank you. And for being in here and being a guest. We love having you in here. Maria, um, last few things that you might want uh, listening audience to know about you and, and why it matters to you that you do beyond exceptional work? Um, I just really value the use of like trauma release through like, you know, manual manipulation of tissues and stuff like that. I've gone through a lot of trauma in my life, like physically, emotionally, all that jazz. And so, it, you know, I believe that, you know, everybody goes through things and it does help you <laughs> to become uh, what's it called. A stronger person and I want to help people release things so that they can you know live their best life and go after their dreams without you know without physical any, limitations absolutely physical definitely a mental and emotional barriers broken down for me wonderful amazing experience I can't wait for my next massage I want to thank you both we got to wrap up the show it's been great had wonderful exciting guests in this week and you know we'll have more next week so uh, make sure you tune in whether you're in Ocala Marion County the horse capital of the world or not Happy hosting around. Till the same time next week. <laughs>